Hey friends, welcome to the You Are You podcast. My name is Jenny Lien, and I'm the writer and artist behind The Yay Project. Come join in as we encourage each other to celebrate our God-given design, pursue our kingdom calling, and most of all, love God 100%. Can't wait to praise God with you. Hi everyone, welcome to the finale episode for season one of You Are You podcast. Today I'll be sharing an update on my experience with redundancy and plans for You Are You podcast season two, as well as answer five listener submitted questions. Thank you for sending those in. So let's get going. It's been a few months since we've spoken on here, so I just wanna say a big thank you for your patience. Uh, When I shared episode 9, I expected to have episode 10, this finale, where we'll discuss some of your questions uh, out in the following two weeks, but sometimes life gets unexpected, and I'm thankful God cares about us more than our works. One thing I've noticed with COVID is the increased awareness of and desire to care for each other. I've seen it in my community, in my workplace, online, and more, and maybe you have too. So I pray that as we continue with life, this mentality to love our neighbors becomes more and more ingrained in our society. It's the second commandment after all, right? And just as important as the first. May God help us to do it better and better. I really appreciated receiving your messages and prayers as I went through the process of my job being made redundant. Thank you for the love. We hear a lot about redundancies these days, don't we? And hearing such news is always upsetting, but for me, until I went through it, I never understood the emotional weight that can come with it. There's something deeply painful about having a pillar of your life taken away without your consent. To be honest, even though I'd felt God give me a warning the morning I received the news, it was still a difficult experience. It went against a promise I thought God had given me. So it was a process sorting through the emotions, facing some issues before finally, thankfully remembering the best thing we can do in all situations is obey God and let him lead. During this period, I was taking a lot of prayer walks. There's this eight kilometer loop near my home that I often do. So I usually worship and pray in tongues until the halfway point. And then I turn off my music and pray and listen for God's voice on the way back. And I was, as I was sharing my heart on the way back home one night, I felt God suggest that I declare, I believe the promise he'd given me would come to pass. I've never done this before, I don't think, but when we think God is telling us to do something, of course we should try, right? So I walked and declared, mostly whispering under my breath that God's promise would come to pass, that I would be what he said I would be. And two hours after I got home, I received an email confirming God's promise would indeed come true. Of course, I was ecstatic, but honestly, I think I was more ecstatic to have such a clear reminder that God keeps his promises. Now, I'm not saying that if we declare something out loud, it will always come true immediately. I also declared other promises on that walk, and I'm still waiting for God's timing. But I guess my main point with the sharing are... God keeps his promises. One, may we seek him, wait on him, however long it takes, even if it takes years, and believe that his promise will will come to pass. 
too. If you know someone going through redundancy, whether a close friend, acquaintance, or even stranger, consider praying for them. It's never an easy experience, perhaps especially tough during a period like COVID when it can be difficult to find a new job. But again, may we remember God's faithfulness. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider, and he will provide. Three, no matter what difficulties we face, God is in control. He will forgive us if we repent of not trusting him. He will guide us if we let him. He is teaching us things in the valley and has plans to prosper us. So sorry if this is a bit of an intense way to start this episode, but I feel strongly about always being authentic and strongly praising God's goodness even amidst hardships. He is always writing our stories and uses our testimonies to encourage others. As you may know, one of my favorite verses is Psalm 66, 16, which goes, Come and hear all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he did for me. I pray we can continue to love God, share testimonies, and support one another again this year. And now for a podcast update. Last fall, I felt God give me a new direction for this podcast. In season one, it was very much a real-time kind of adventure. Before preparing each episode, I'd be still before God and do my best to share whatever he showed me, which often, if not always, was closely linked to what he was teaching me that week. But one night in the fall, I woke around 4 a.m. and was just filled with various ideas about the A Project and URU podcast. So out of that, uh, season two will be more structured. The 10 episodes, for now, uh, might seem more like an ebook of sorts with topics starting from discover who you are and ending with expect Jesus's return 100%. I'm excited to serve God, to learn and obey, and hope you will join in too. More coming this March. But for today, I'm really happy to be engaging with you and answering five questions that have been sent in. I pray this conversation, this episode will be relatable for everyone who listens and that the discussion will equip us to live more rooted in God's truth. So thank you again for being here and here we go. Question one. Why do you believe in God so much? (laughs) I love this question very much. I really hope that people think this about us when they meet us. Honestly, I think I believe in God so much because my faith has been tested hard, at least twice. During my mid-20s, I was dating an atheist, and our conversations about faith were the first time anyone had really challenged my faith. Before this experience, all of my previous boyfriends had been really sweet and kind, and this was my first experience with being treated badly, and my pride wouldn't let me accept it. I should have broken up with him early on, especially since I knew God was telling me to, but instead I tried to take things into my own hands. I tried to be super kind and sweet and tried to please him so he would stop being so mean, basically, but eventually things grew so unhealthy that I felt like I was literally dying on the inside and just surrendered and asked God to take over. I tried to do things on my own. I tried to believe God might not exist, but ultimately I was at least 30% sure he did. Um, My faith, you know, had grown so weak that 
it was like lower 30%, but I surrendered and he began to show me that he does without a doubt a hundred percent exist and loves me despite my mistakes. So if you've been a Christian for a while and have a similar testimony of hitting rock bottom, surrendering and having God meet you so sweetly, um, you might also relate to the fact that we will often be challenged again. So a few years later, I had kind of the opposite experience. While that first experience showed me God was 100% real, I hadn't matured enough to understand that I was also supposed to obey God 100%. Like, yes, we'll never be perfect. We will make mistakes, but we're not supposed to willingly disobey God, even if it's just in some areas that's still rebellion. So the second situation... I believed I heard from God. I did my best to obey God, um, not perfectly. Um, but I think my heart was, was, yeah, wanting to, even though I still was struggling with some inside areas. But I dealt with mistreatment, and I had all the usual questions like, "God, did I hear you wrong? Like nobody is perfect, so how come other people, if they're dealing with sin, how come they aren't experiencing this kind of mistreatment? Like, did I hear you wrong? If I heard you right, like how could you allow this to happen?" And so on. But I could sense the Holy Spirit with me so strongly, and for the first time in my life, I surrendered absolutely all. Before I, you know, surrendered, but this time I really like like gave up my rights and was like, God, please, like I'll I'll do. I know you know best. I'll do what you say. Please help me to do it, because maybe my situation didn't make sense to me, but I could rest knowing God Almighty definitely knew everything and would care for me. Um, and it changed my life. So if you're struggling in any way, whether that's a crisis of faith, dealing with consequences of sin, experiencing injustice, whatever it is, I pray that we see all um, crises as a womb, not a tomb, as Pastor Bob Sorge has said. Your situation is not dead. God is birthing something press into the labor pains and allow God to lead you through it. I believe your faith will be stronger on the other side. Also, if you're not in a trial or maybe you've never really experienced anything too, too difficult, I pray that you're surrendering to God 100% as well. I'm not sure everyone needs a massive trial to grow their faith, but God has certainly used them many, many times. Moses, David, Esther, Ruth, Joseph, Paul. We are in good company. Question two, what's something you hold on to when you feel like you aren't hearing a lot from God? In our Christian walks, perhaps we all go through periods where we aren't hearing from God like we used to or like we want. My short answer to this question is that I hold on to the fact that God is God, that he loves his children and that we are safe in his plan and can always seek him more. This answer could probably just end right here, but maybe you'd like a longer answer because during the waiting period, maybe we're upset or feel weak or frustrated and it's nice to hear from someone who understands. If this is you right now, I hope this chat feels kind of like a warm hug. I get it and I know it's not easy. What I've realized and maybe what you've realized too is that God works in mysterious ways. Yes, sometimes maybe we don't hear from God because we're not seeking him, but other times we believe we're seeking him with all our hearts, as it says in Jeremiah 29, 13, but we still don't seem to find him. 
When this happens, I pray we remember that God is God. He is in control of everything. He loves us, sees us, knows all our thoughts, and absolutely knows what he's doing. Then with this assurance, some things I do to seek God are pray God's word back to him. The Bible is the living word of God, and his promises are true. And there's power when we read this truth out loud. For example, the question of not hearing from God, we could pray, God, you say in Jeremiah 29, 13, that if I seek you with all of my heart, then I will find you. I'm doing my best to seek you with all of my heart as best as I can right now, but I still feel weak. I can't sense your presence or your voice. I pray you will reveal yourself to me in a fresh, mighty way. Give me eyes to see what you want me to see. Give me ears to hear your voice. I pray for what you promise in Isaiah 40, 29, that you give power to the weak and strength to the powerless. I believe you will answer me, God, in your perfect way and time. I'm waiting on you. No, I'm waiting on you with all my heart. Alongside praying God's word back to him, I try and organize my life to give God all the best pits. When I really want to hear from God, whether that's experiencing more of his presence or hearing from him clearly about a decision and I'm not, I check how I'm living my life. Once I was praying and felt God show me an image of a metal pipe and remind me to keep my pipe clean, as in our minds and our hearts can get cluttered if we're taking in ungodly attitudes through um, TV, books, music, even conversation, you know, taking in ungodly attitudes and, and sort of normalizing them. Most, if not all, secular media these days is filled with ungodly attitudes, you know, lies, lust, greed, hate, manipulation, even the comedies. Maybe we want to be entertained, but if it's affecting our intimacy with God, then maybe God will lead us to make some changes. For me, when I choose to spend less time with God, which sounds terrible, like we're choosing it, but it can be something as simple as letting TV cut into my prayer time or um, choosing to not accept the Holy Spirit's invitation to spend time with him because I would rather do, you know, something entertainment-y, then for sure I sense it affecting my intimacy with God. So during those times, we want to hear from God, but are not. Let's spend more time in his word and more time with prayer. Let's check our hearts to see if there's any areas where he's been calling us to him, but we've been disobeying. Let's take God at his word and trust his process. We can trust 100% that God loves us, that we as sheep do hear his voice, and that he knows how to reach us. He will forgive us if we repent. And um, yeah, may we pray that he pour fresh revelation into us. Question three, what's the best possible way to overcome temptation? Definitely by relying on the Holy Spirit. Uh, Galatians 5, 16 and 17 shows us, Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. If we've tried to overcome sin by ourselves before, we'll know willpower isn't enough. Jesus knew this and cautions us in Matthew 26, 41 to watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. 
While the Holy Spirit will remind us of God's truth, we also need to have a solid foundation in God's truth, which is why Psalm 119, 9 and 11 reminds us, how can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now, I'm quite a big picture person, so as God took me through some refining experiences in the past, it helped to keep my mind on my reason for living. If I didn't surrender sin, if I kept willfully sinning, then it would keep me from God. And I pray that we taste and see the glory of God to such an extent that we are willing to easily let go of anything that's keeping us from Him. That we want more of God more than anything else. That we truly want to live our lives in surrender to Him, serving out our God-given calling and sharing His love with as many people as we can before Jesus' return. Sometimes, while we know we're not promised tomorrow, hearing about a tragedy can move our hearts and result in our surrender to God. So I was really touched by Toby Mac's song 21, written after the tragic death of his son who died of a drug overdose at the age of 21. Part of the lyrics go, you said you would turn it around, thought that you had time to straighten it out, told me that you were my prodigal son, but this isn't home. I thought these lyrics, these, this excerpt of the whole song were so powerfully vulnerable. The example of how we can trust God even when our heart is broken and we don't understand um, why God is moving the way he is. May we remember that we're all still on earth because God is allowing us to be. And I hope that these lyrics encourage anyone who wants to turn something around but feels helpless. While I haven't struggled with drug addiction before, I was in bondage to sin in another area for many years. And during those years, it was very difficult for me to imagine overcoming that sin completely. I think I focused on the fact that human flesh is weak. But while this is true, I was overlooking the fact that there is nothing and no one more powerful than God, and he could absolutely heal me. With our sins, God knows all the details, and we can trust that he understands our struggle. Jesus experienced temptation too, but may we never forget just how powerful and mighty he is. My testimony in this area is that one day, God basically scared the daylights out of me in a way, and I vividly saw how this sin could destroy my future if I didn't repent. So I did cold turkey. Um, I think he had probably tried to shake me before, but without... Um, without walking with him day by day closely, it was easy for me to hear what I thought was maybe God shaking me, but then thinking, oh, well, maybe maybe that wasn't God. You know, he's not telling me every single day, all throughout the day. So maybe it's just my imagination. But in that season where I was surrendering to God, willing to do whatever he said, and he shook me, um, you know, whether it was God ti God's timing, you know, it was God's timing, but, you know, just sharing my journey that um, 
when we do get those experiences, I pray that we see it as God's grace and obey immediately because 100% it's his will that we surrender all sin. Um, so if, uh, yeah, if that's you, I pray that you take it to God and see what he shows you. Um, and since the temptation has come a few times, but I've learned to pray it away. Again, in the past, I wouldn't have believed that just praying about it was possible, but now I 100% believe in the power of prayer. We are calling on the name of God Almighty, and that is powerful. Um, so in my experience, this has been much easier to do when my walk with God has been consistent. It's been much harder when I wasn't rooted in the word, constantly in prayer, revering God for who he is. So if you're relating to this in any way, maybe God is using this podcast episode to call you to surrender um, that unsurrendered sin. Make today the day that you give it entirely to God and trust that he can and he will heal you and help you to overcome it. As he promises in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, he is more powerful than any temptation and he will give us a way out. Question four. How do I become consistent in doing devotions? If you've been following the Yay Project for a while, you'll probably have heard this answer already, but please allow me to share this testimony again for newer listeners and also maybe just because I want to give God glory. It still amazes me that he changed my life so dramatically. So I've been a Christian my whole life. There were a few years in high school and university where I wasn't really walking with God closely. But since my early 20s, I've tried to grow in my walk with God. But even in this, I would sometimes go months at a time without really praying and journaling. I add in journaling because this is when I would really spend the time and pour out my heart before God. But for the past few years, I haven't missed a single day. And all I want is to find ways to spend more time with God. I want to learn to regularly pray in tongues before meetings. I want to take praise breaks throughout the day. I want to have as many day dates with God as I possibly can. I want all of my social interactions to be God-glorifying situations. What changed? I truly fell in love with God. I can't get enough of him and I want more. And like a human relationship, there are some days where I don't feel as connected, but we're not to believe our feelings, right? Like the truth is that God is the greatest being ever and it's our absolute privilege to be able to seek him. So even on days that I feel off, even on days when I scroll my phone for too long before I actually get out of bed and open my Bible, I always do it because there's nothing that matters to me more than God. And think about it, right? We can ask God for help, favor, wisdom, and whatever we've got going on that day. God's plan is always in motion and we can be a part of it. We'll never be done growing, so there's always more that we can learn about God, change into his likeness. And whatever we desire, God's plan is always best. So it's so important to seek him and know what his will is for us, right? There's no point in chasing the wrong things and there's no point in living by the wrong principles. So it's true that life on earth is a test and Jesus is coming soon, but focusing on that can be super intimidating. So if we live out the first commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, then everything else falls into place. 
If you want to be more in love with God, and I think we all do, try praying for God to give you a greater desire for him and the things of him. I do this often. So may we be encouraged by Paul's prayer for the Ephesians in chapter uh, 3, verses 16 and 19, and God's desire for us today. It goes, I pray out of the glorious riches, uh, sorry, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. God truly is the definition of love. Let's ask him to help us be rooted and established in his love for our joy and for his glory. The more in love with him we are, the more we understand that God is the most wonderful, the less we'll want to backslide in our walks. And now question five, how do you comfort someone who doesn't believe in God but is suffering right now? Whether we're trying to comfort a Christian or a non-believer, let's seek God. We can pray and ask God. If possible, we can pray over the situation before even meeting up with the friend and asking God to lead us. Jeremiah 42.3 says, Pray that the Lord your God will tell us where we should go and what we should do. And let's remember John 5.19 where Jesus says he can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Right now, I'm reading Bob Sergi's book, The Fire of Delayed Answers. For those who don't know him, he was a senior pastor and worship leader in New York when he suffered a vocal injury in 1992 that left his voice very weak and painful to use. While he can now only speak around an hour a day, God's using him to teach and encourage others um, on pursuing God during fiery trials. In the book, he discusses Job's situation and how we can avoid being like Job's friends and misunderstand what God is doing. He mentioned a situation where a sister in Christ, someone he'd never met before, called to tell him how his book had blessed her life. When he told her about his physical infirmity, she immediately went into a tirade against the devil and prayed a royal rebuke against the enemy. He appreciated her sincerity, but says it was far removed from what he believed God was doing in the spiritual realms at that time, and just showed him how sometimes we can launch into praying about things that we know nothing about. Sometimes we can have the best of intentions, but we're still wrong. It also reminded me of that story in Joshua 9, where the Gibeonites deceived Israel. At this point, Joshua knew he was chosen by God to lead. He examined the evidence, he asked questions, he made a decision accordingly. But even with all this, he was duped because he did not consult God. God's wisdom will always be greater than our own. He alone knows human hearts and all the tiny details that make up situations. So let's learn to wait upon God in more and more situations. Amen. So every situation is different, but perhaps these general principles will be useful. So one, pre-pray. See God before the meeting, if 
possible to see if he wants us to pray or ask questions in a certain direction. And I always like to ask the Holy Spirit to lead my spirit as I speak. To listen, our friends will know their situations way better than we do, and it can hurt when others assume details or mindsets. As they share, ask God to reveal anything he wants you to know. Three, ask questions, listen some more, and act accordingly. As we're having a conversation, it takes practice to listen and pray at the same time. But God hears even short prayers, right? So we can have faith that he'll lead us um, and pray for bravery to move as he leads. Maybe we'll sense God giving us questions to ask. Maybe he'll lead us to do something for our friend. Maybe we'll simply come away with more insight into how he'd like us to pray over the situation specifically on our own. And four, leave it to God. Ultimately, we want to see our friends healed and healthy. We believe that our God is the only true healer and it hurts when they do not. It might help to remember John 6, 44, which says, no one can come to Jesus unless the father who draws him, oh, sorry, unless the father who sent him draws them. God is indeed so great and wants our friends and loved ones to know him even more than we do. So may we always let go and let God, praying to him and moving as he lead, grow, growing in our knowledge of him and maturing as his co-laborers. All right, that's it for episode 10, the season one finale. I pray this season has strengthened our faith and given us practical ideas on how to embrace our God-given design, carry out our God-given calling, and love God 100%. If you've enjoyed it, please do support this podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and share it with a friend. It's an amazing feeling to be surrounded by women who love God and want to seek and worship Him together. I also pray season two will be a blessing, very useful with many practical takeaways and give us many more opportunities to grow in friendship as we grow in the Lord. So can't wait to praise God with you on the podcast again soon. And in the meantime, see you on Instagram. Let's keep sharing God's love, his truth in our communities and online. And feel free to reach out and send me a DM. Would love to share more or listen to what's happening in your lives. All my love and speak soon. Thank you for listening to the URU podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and share the episode. Let's share God's love together. For podcast updates, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow Yay Podcast on Instagram. For reflections and art, follow the.yay.project on Instagram. Sending you lots of love and let's praise God together again next time.